When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Hockey News Podcast. Welcome back to the Hockey News Podcast, presented by McKenny Hockey and BetMGM. I'm Mike Stevens. Sitting next to me is Ryan Kennedy. Ryan, how you doing? Not bad. Ready to go. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, Ryan, you know, you and I, we've seen each other a lot for the last little bit. Dare I say, we've been roommates, basically. Yes. For the last week or so, we're at the World Juniors. What, what a tournament. It was. And it, it's interesting to me, uh, you know, obviously it ended in fantastic circumstance mm. over time in a gold medal game. Um, but I, I really liked the parody in the tournament. Yeah. Obviously, you know, like Austria was and also ran, but they would have been relegated in the summer had there been relegation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think some people were concerned that with, with no Russia, it wasn't going to be as competitive. But I actually saw the opposite where... Because you didn't have that powerhouse on one side of a group, you had teams like Slovakia and Czechia that were able to grab a higher seed and mm-hmm. therefore not have to play necessarily uh, a, you know, a, a huge power in the quarterfinal. And I think that helped them along the way. And obviously Czechia just had a fantastic team, went all the way to the gold medal, deservedly so. Um, so fun to see a, a different mix. You know, Czechia had not medaled since 2005. Yeah. They had a couple of fourth place finishes in between, but for them to grab that silver and to push Canada the way they did, I thought was fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I became sort of like an honorary, like I, I almost wanted to get dual citizenship for Czechia. Like it, they were, that team was so easy to root for. Uh, it's not just because I wrote like two, I think it was two columns on them when I was there, but just to see the reaction of those players. Because we have to, like, this was another big reminder that these are kids. Yeah. Like, these are not, like, hardened professional athletes who are, like, you know, pucks in deep, one game at a time. Like, these are, like, kids who are, you know, just on over the moon to yeah. be representing their country, specifically in the European countries. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and the, talking to the Czechia kids after, after they had booked their ticket to the gold medal, I've never, like, I've never seen like hockey players and professional athletes in, in a reporter media setting being that happy, uh-huh. smiling. Like hit, I, I can't remember what the name was, but uh, a player, Mark Masters, had like a legitimately like one of the funniest exchanges. Oh, Gabriel Sturck. Gabriel Sturck, yeah. exactly. And Mark Masters had like one of the funniest exchanges I've ever seen between a player and a reporter. Just like, just because he was so happy, he was smiling. It, it was great. And the town of Halifax, just absolutely fantastic. But yeah, like this was, I think this is, like, first of all, this was my first World Juniors covering it. I don't think I can cover another one. Because this is like, this peaked. Like, this is right. it. Like, I, the next one's going to be a huge letdown. Right. Because this one was fantastic. Like, even the, like, relegation games were interesting. Like, mm-hmm. even that last relegation game between Latvia and Austria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Latvia ended up taking it pretty handily. But, like, even that, they made it interesting at the end. Mm-hmm. Gold, uh, the, the bronze medal game went into OT, and it was like a 7-6 game. It was nuts. Yeah. Slovakia pushing Canada OT. Uh, you know, like, even, it was just, everything was was. It, it was it was just incredible hockey. It's it's like junior hockey personified. It was yeah. sloppy, high octane, you know, just great. Loved it. There was some fire there, but like not too much. Right. That it would make anyone clutch their pearls, right. you know. But it was just it was fantastic. Yeah, 
And, you know, um, just looking at, uh, you know, how things turned out, like you say, like that bronze medal game was so up and oh down. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, when you get all those teams together, especially after the summer tournament where, uh, obviously, the crowds did not turn out. The hockey itself was pretty rusty because if you think about that time of year, players are not optimized to be in a high-octane tournament. So this was really kind of a reset for the World Juniors, and, mm -hmm. I, and I think it, it hit on all cylinders. I think it really did, too. Um, there were, like, so we all know like, the, the crazy prospects that were there. We all know the ones that are being drafted, the ones to, to, you know, to look at. But there were, the thing that stood out to you the most that you were talking about is there were a lot of draft-eligible prospects that really sort of like made their mark. And there's the obvious Connor Bedard, obviously. He cemented yeah. himself as like a legitimately generational talent. Yeah. A guy who like an entire team should just trade everything that's not batted, you know, everything that's not nailed down, tank as hard as they can to get this guy. He can save an organization, really. Right. Um, but there were a lot of whether they were, you know, whether they went had gone underdrafted before, like so they're overagers or prospects coming up that really impressed mm -hmm. and really came from out of nowhere to really impress. Let's talk. Let's go through some maybe the top five of mm. the ones that really stood out to us. Why don't you give it a go to start? Yeah. So I mean, Connor Bedard's the obvious I mean, one. On, so maybe we can't count yeah. him. It, I thought it was hilarious that he came back home to Re Regina and uh, scored four scored goals. Scored four goals. Yeah. yeah. And literally, the Pats. You know, they're fighting for the playoff lives. I kind of get the feeling Connor Bedard's just gonna be like, I'm just gonna take us to the playoffs. It's just going to happen. I'm just going to make it happen because that's what I do. I mean, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll start off Adam Fantilli, uh, Team Canada. Mm. Um, you know, potential number two pick overall at this point. I thought, you know, Fantilli at times was really pressing. Um, and it, it's tough because, you know, when you have a teammate in Connor Bedard that's doing these spectacular things, I have a feel. you know, I mean, it's only natural that you want to show off your stuff too. But I think the gold medal game was probably Fantilli's best. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he got on the scoreboard. Uh, used his speed, he was physical. I, the difference between you know Fantilli and Bedard or, or Matej Michkov is obviously the size. So mm -hmm. Fantilli has a lot of great physical gifts, and I thought he really sort of used them uh, to the best of his ability in that gold medal game. Now uh, a similar player, Leo Carlson mm -hmm. from Sweden, he's very interesting to me, and, I, and for me he's the number three pick right now. Mm -hmm. and if you want to make arguments for number two, I will listen. Really? Wow. Sure. Okay. Sure. But I think it's with, with Carlson, I see more projection where, you know, that Sweden team, it wasn't really inspiring for the most part. You know, especially their older forwards didn't do a ton. I thought Philip Beestead was really good, mm -hmm. um, you know, and there, there was a couple of other guys that were pretty decent. But Carlson, you could see the drive in his game, mm -hmm. and he's got some good size. And when I saw him out there, I know he's a winger, but I'm like, man, he's got that sort of Andre Kopitar thing where, you know, he doesn't look necessarily like he's going fast, but because he's big, he gets there fast. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't go straight to the NHL, and you know he is young, and uh, typically you know we've seen with a lot of Swedish prospects, they go back for another year before they make a, a try at the NHL. I can see him absolutely dominating the next World Juniors, mm -hmm. which happens to be in Gothenburg, Sweden. Well, there you go. Uh, so on home ice. I could see him just absolutely crushing it based on what we saw. Uh, you know, he was very good and had some crucial goals for Sweden along the way. But I think he'll be, you know, like another level. Uh, and then, of course, his teammate, Axel Sandin Pelika, yeah. uh, great offensive defenseman. Uh, I like that he had a little bite to his game, mm -hmm. you know? Like, he's not, like, super physical, but you can tell, like, he lets guys know that he's there, doesn't make it easy on them. 
Um, you know, this draft class, it's, it's not heavy on elite defenders. We're still waiting for a lot of them to emerge. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why a lot of media and scouts were at that relegation game because you had David Reinbacher yep. of Austria, and we all wanted to see what he could do, and he, he was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But with Sandy Palika, uh, for me, I think right now he'd be my top defenseman. And uh, is he top 10? I don't know. He's probably, you know, on projection and merit, he's more of a 15 to 20 guy, but he might go top 10 because if somebody wants a defenseman... He's the best. Like, he's the best. And I was going to ask you, like, when do you think the first defenseman goes in... Uh, <laughs> in the yeah, it's probably going to be in the 10 to 15 range. But again, you know, mm-hmm. if, if a team is, has a particular need, they might say, well, he's our guy. We will take him 8th, 9th, mm-hmm. whatever it happens to be. Uh, and then the last player I'll mention is, is Adam Guyan. I was going to bring him The up, Slovakian yeah. goaltender. And, you know, what's interesting about Guyan, obviously a tremendous run with Slovakia, but he was already trending up. You know, started the year in the NHL with Chippewa. Gets loaned up to the USHL with Green Bay. Plays fantastic in two games there and then heads out. I mean, he wasn't even supposed to be on the Slovakian yeah. team. Uh, you know, he came in as the third stringer, became their starter. He's got good size. He was passed over last year, but he was playing over in Slovakia. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't have great numbers, but you're seeing such growth in him. And he's, again, he's got that frame uh, that's very projectable. So that's a player where it's like, okay, I mean, is he an early second rounder? Does a team even jump late in the first and say, like, well, we want a goalie? And he can clearly play in pressure situations, so maybe he's our guy. He, the fact that he got booted in the, uh, the quarterfinals, he, by the way, he stood on, like, he had one of the most incredible performances I've seen <laughs> at a World Juniors from a goalie against yeah. Canada. He, I believe he stopped, what was it, like 52, 53 shots? I think it was 52 shots he, he stopped. And, uh. like, th- like, Slovakia had no business being in that, you know, pushing that Canada team to OT. And Adam Guyan was the guy. And then yeah. for him to get booted in the quarterfinals to still be named goalie of the tournament, that is... You know that that's that you don't see that, that happen. Yeah. That doesn't that doesn't usually happen. That's like you know that's like someone who got booted in, in the conference in the conference finals winning the conference Mike. You know right, that, that right. doesn't happen. He was good enough to allow that to happen. He like he was the talk of the tournament. You yeah. Know? Like he was yeah. like in terms of guys who came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like he was the, the people. He was the person who people when you and I were talking to people they he his name was brought up the most outside of like the Bedards and the normal yeah, guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, what what a tournament. What yeah. a, uh, crazy stuff. It was great. What yeah. could have, like, speaking of Slovakia, what could have helped them <coughs> is adding their, uh, uh, their best player. You know, their best international, like, junior player to the roster um, in Uri Slavkovsky, who mm-hmm. is in Montreal right now. I would love to have a, a because we've had, we had conversations about <coughs> him at the start of the season. Yeah. Now we're roughly halfway through. I would like to have another Uri Slavkovsky conversation. Right. I think it's important that we sit down, we talk this out. Right. Uh, because... He's not doing great. The NHL is not the place, in my opinion, for Uri Slavkovsky to be right now. Should, first of all, before we, we dive into you know, like his, his performance this season, let's just ask, should he have gone to the World Juniors? Do you think that's the ba- that was the best move for him? I'm going to say no in this case. And here's my logic. Here's a player that already went to the Olympics <coughs> and was the MVP. Now, granted, wasn't the greatest competition, mm-hmm. but they were men that yes, he was playing against. Yes. So, and Slovakia was not in danger of getting relegated. Like, years ago, the Oilers did not send Leon Dreisaitl to the World Juniors, and Germany got relegated. Mm -hmm. To me, that was a mistake, because they ended up sending him back to junior, 
and he went to Kelowna mm -hmm. and uh, went on a Memorial Cup run. They ended up losing in the final to Oshawa. Uh, to me, that was the wrong choice because Drysdale could have been a difference maker there. Mm -hmm. Uh, for Slovakia, obviously they were a very good team this year, and as we mentioned, you know, uh, really pushed Canada in that quarterfinal. So it would have been nice for Slovakia, sure. Uh, I know some people will say like, oh, they would have beat Canada with Slavkovsky, but I would I would say if Slavkovsky had played the whole tournament, they might not have played Canada in that quarterfinal. Mm -hmm. It might have affected the standings, uh, and then you have totally different scenarios. So I'm fine with that because he doesn't have anything to prove at that level. Um, for me, I would say, you know, if they send him to Laval for a little bit, I think that's probably the path because the effort's there and he's, he's, he's not getting results. He's not getting points, but he's, uh, you know, he's playing well in terms of his effort. Yeah. So if you want to get his confidence in terms of scoring, send him to Laval. I think that's a good, I think, you know, obviously I think that's, that's just like destined to happen. Yeah. This can't keep going. And, and there I, have been rumblings of that. Yes. But, like, I, first of all, I think, you know, you say he doesn't have anything left to prove at that level. I would agree. Mm. But I also think that with a young player like this, confidence is so important. Sure. Like, like, that's basically, like, look at what happened. Look, look at the rebirth of Shane Wright, uh -huh. right? Like, this guy, confidence was down the two. He, he had a tough sort of, like, last six months when you think in, in context of a player of his caliber where, yeah. you know, he falls very publicly to the fourth. And then is it, you know sort of makes the team in quotes uh, in Seattle, and then just never plays, and you know is playing six minutes and getting you know like people are throwing around bust already, and it's ridiculous. Um, and then but, but then you know you send him to the World Juniors, he has a phenomenal tournament, scores in the gold medal game, he's the captain. Yep. You know he 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 shows his medal, and then he go and then now they're sending him back to junior. He just got traded for a boatload of stuff. Yeah. And we're gonna get to that. Yep. Um, and uh, now he can go on a run, and that'll. Uh, where he just absolutely dominates the CHL, um, and, and he becomes like a, and I think that really helps him. Yuri Slavkovsky, like if you look at his past, he's he's pointless in his last twelve. Mm. Um, he, he's got like four points in his last like twenty games. Mm. He's got four goals and six assists on the season. And if you look at even, I know plus minus is not the be all end all, obviously, but like <laughs> specifically in the last seven games, minus one, minus one, minus one, minus one, minus one, minus two, minus one, pointless in all of those. Playing under, uh, you know, like, and it's not like he's getting, like, terrible ice time. He's playing, right. he's getting around, like, 14, between 14 and 12 minutes there. It's just not working for him. Mm. Like, what, he, he clearly has an NHL-ready frame. His shot is fantastic. There's no shame in sending a prospect, like, sending a prospect back to, you know, if you can, to the AHL. Keeping yeah. him close. Keeping him within, like, a driving distance of where you are. Mm. Um, um, that, that doesn't mean that he's, he's being banished from the team. When you're in Laval, like you're remarkably close yeah. to 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 the Montreal Canadiens, to their facility. You know, you are you still feel like you're part of that that identity. I remember reading a great story on uh, Carl Alsner when he got sent down to Laval. Um, you know, at, at the tail end of his career, and uh, and he was like, yeah, you know, as much as it sucks, like you're you are still part of that sort of picture, mm -hmm. like because everything is so close because of all that. And I think that's the best move. Like, I think it would have been great to send Slavkovsky to World Juniors. To let him sort of be the big fish again, yeah. Because right now he's not the big fish. He's uh, he, you know, like when you're when you're a player of his caliber, you're used to being the best player on every team you've played in since you could walk, basically. And right now he is absolutely not that at Montreal. Mm. He sent him to Slovakia, goes over there. He is the big fish of the tournament. 
him and him, you know, him and Connor Bedard are fighting it out and and all that. And then if he potentially leads Slovakia on a surprising run, think about the confidence there. And then and then if he goes back to NHL grade, if he goes back to the AHL grade, I think it would have been I think it would have been great. I don't care if he doesn't have anything left to prove anymore. I think due to his for his own sort of like sense of worth as a hockey player, mm. I think it would have been great. We'll have to see it because there has to be something happening with him. Like there has to yeah. be movement. And that's why I think Laval is the answer because you know you got a guy that's like six four, almost two hundred forty mm. pounds. If he's playing against teenagers, he's obviously going to be one of the biggest guys on the ice, and he can basically do whatever he wants. Yes. You go to Laval, you're playing against men. You know, men that are you know like. It, like it's serious down there if you're the HL. Like you're you're you know it's pushing a through a career. It's physical, and guys are trying very hard because they want to get up. Guys are fighting for their lives. They're fighting. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like this is their job. Mm-hmm. They have kids. You they know? have mortgages. They, they have got mortgages. Know, stuff exactly. Like that, yeah. So it's like if you play against those guys in Laval, I think it's a it's a better test in the sense of your goal is to play in the NHL against men. You're doing it right now, but if like if you want to get your confidence, then you have to learn how to score against men. And I get what you're saying. You know, get your confidence mm-hmm. by scoring yeah, yeah. kind of easy ones against your age group. Uh, but for me, I think Laval is just kind of the, the easy answer. I think it would have just been a good reminder for him to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Like, I got it. You yeah, know? Right. I got that dog in me. Like, I think, right. I think it would have been a nice, like, even if it was just for him, like, because after the tournament, you can send him to Laval and he can, sure. you know, hopefully... Be co- like you know, tear up that league for the rest of the year. But I think sending him to the World Juniors, it would just be a great reminder where he's like, yeah, I got it. You know, yeah, yeah. like right now, there's no space for him to learn that. There's no like, there's no sort of like leeway. There's 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 nothing like he is. And if you look at his numbers, like I'm looking at them right now, he's taken a decent chunk of penalties. He's already got 31 penalty minutes on the year. He's a bigger guy, and he's only averaging one shot per game hmm. around that. Like you know, it's it's like he, it's not even like he's snake bitten. Right. It's not like he's getting it. You know, it's not like he's getting the the chances and the opportunity. And I'm sure he's trying hard. And that, but like, yeah. he's not challenging. Like he's, he's not, just on a bad team. Exactly. <laughs> but he's not making a difference. Like he's yeah. not showing progression. Send, I thought I thought it would be great. Send him to the World Juniors. Let him remind himself. Like, yeah, I'm the number one pick. Like, right, there's a right. reason why I got here. I got it. Mm. And then you send him to Laval. After that, you're still in the Canadians bubble. Yeah. You know. But you can also go in there and be like, oh, yeah, like I'm playing professional hockey. I'm like a point-per-game player. I can score goals here. Great. Yeah. Um, but then again, that's just one man's humble opinion. Um, speaking of good players, though, the all-star rosters, they dropped in the first intermission of the Cannibal Battle game. As, as a guy who covers uh, uh, the news hits on the hockey news, that was lovely for me. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, NHL. I really, I didn't want to watch the gold medal game. No, I appreciate that. Um, so let's take a look at the at, at the All Star rosters. I mean, obviously there's some, you know, like Mitch Marner is getting his first uh, his first nod. You know, we got Brock Nelson, Kevin Hayes, and meant a lot to him. Linus Allmark, who's been the best goalie in the NHL this year, yep. getting in crazy stuff like that. Let's talk about some of the snubs potentially, um, and uh, and what could possibly uh, uh, and who could who could be added. I guess to the because I think there's 12 remaining spots. Yeah. Um, some are voted by Twitter, which is going to be hilarious. Sure. Um, I would also like. And to there talk. are guardrails. They have put some significant guardrails, <sighs> which is important. I know. I was yeah. gonna. I was gonna bring up the topic until I saw that. I was gonna bring up the topic of like, okay, who do we? Who do we do this? Like, who do we? Right. Make right. Yeah. I'm like Justin Hall's going to the All Star game, baby. Let's do this. But um, no. So who who do you think could be added? Like, let's let's do our next ads here. Yeah. So I mean, there's some pretty obvious names, and for me, it's like the All Star game. It's it's nice for guys to get rewarded for mm-hmm. good seasons. But this is the star. Exactly. Game. There's certain players that I think should just always be there. Yes. Right. Like Patrick Kane should always be there because yeah. he's the kind of guy with his hands and his creativity. You know, 
for both the skills competition and the games themselves. He's just fun to watch. Yes. So even though it might be weird to have two Chicago Blackhawks on the team because Seth Jones got the initial mm-hmm. nod, it's like I just want Patrick Kane there. Why did Seth Jones get the initial nod? Like Patrick Kane's right there. Jonathan Taves is having a resurgent year. He is, but Jonathan Taves isn't like a fun player. He's just like is Seth one Jones of a fun player? He's a defenseman. Right? You gotta have some defensemen there. I guess. Um, you know, obviously, Austin Matthews and David Pasternak are two guys that yes. have to be there. Again, for their goal scoring prowess alone and just for the star, you know, caliber uh, that they are, you want them there. Trevor Zegers. Trevor Zegers yep. is another one. I would also say, um, you know, Marc Andre Fleury. I know he's away from the team right now, dealing with a personal matter, but hopefully, you know, he returns sooner than mm-hmm. later. But He's the kind of guy that I feel gets it yes, when it comes to an all-star game. So I would love to see Fleury there as the other goaltender for his division because I feel like he has the spirit of the all-star weekend and he would do some fun stuff, mm-hmm. again, either in the skills competition or in the games themselves where you know he would do something that the crowd would love. So. And there'd be great sort of like behind-the-scenes moments of him and his kids. Like, you know that. Like, totally. Alan Walsh would lose his mind on Twitter over it and be like, you know, whoa, what a great guy. I've represented him since he was, he could learn to walk. And good for you, Alan. I'm glad that you, uh, that you, that you ride or die. Oh, and Jonathan Huberto should be there. <laughs> really? You think so? Totally. Flo- come back to Florida? Come back to Florida, but, like, he's got to earn it, man. <laughs> I suppose so, but that's where, that's where I kind of differ, where it's like, there's certain guys where it's like, just make it fun. Yeah, I mean, look, that would be nice, but, like, I think it would have been a great story if John Huberto was thriving in Calgary, and then the Panthers were also thriving. Right. And they could come back and just sort of look at, like, you ever seen La La Land? The no. Movie? Okay, well, this, at the end of the movie, I know this is very... <laughs> How dare you? I know this is very, uh, uh, but, like, at the end of the movie, you know, like, uh, spoiler alert for La La Land. It's been out for enough. Ryan yeah. Gosling and, em- and Emma Stone, they don't end up together. Okay. But... You know, they, she goes with her new husband to a jazz show, and Ryan Gosling's playing. At the end, right at the end of the movie, the last shot is them kind of sharing a look and kind of acknowledging, like, look, we didn't end up together, but we're both happy that you know we found success in our in our future endeavors, even if we mm. weren't together. And I think it would have been great mm. if Huberto was thriving and Florida was thriving as they wanted to, and right. and, and they come back to Florida and they sort of share that that La La Land look, where it's like, look, we didn't we didn't end up together, but. It was for the best, and right. I'm, we're happy. For, no, but no, both teams are playing terrible right now. It, and so I don't think there's any good omens or good vibes around there. Right. So, um, But maybe this could be that, that good vibe. Exactly. You know what? Maybe yeah. it could. You're yeah. totally right. Um, yeah, I think, look, I think that there are, <laughs> I think, like, as much as, like, Brock Nelson deserves, uh, deserves a shot and, like, you know, and Kevin Hayes deserves a shot, like, like this is the all-star game. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but fans aren't paying to watch like Kevin Hayes and Brock Nelson in the skills competition. Like that's just not what their thing is. They can Brock be, Nelson can shoot it. Exactly. They can be add-ons, I Accuracy. think. Accuracy. It would have been great to bring Matt Barcel in there. It would have been yeah. great to bring, you know, like like uh, I think Elias Sorokin absolutely should be in the mix there. Like he's been good one. He's been fantastic. Yep. Um, and then for Vegas, I think I think uh, I mean I know he's hurt, um, but I, I think it'd be great to have Jack Eichel there. Yeah, that was another one I was thinking. Like um, Jack Eichel feels like he could have a, a fun all strike. Like he's all, and, and I say this because um, Jack Eichel, when he was drafted, I believe that was in Florida. Like, I believe that sounds right. Yes, because they were doing outdoor activities. I oh, think we, yeah. you were told this story. Yeah, and, uh, and and they were like getting you know sort of like the fan boat tour of the Everglades and whatnot. And Jack Eichel is deathly afraid of reptiles, deathly afraid of alligators. Guess what the NHL is going to do for a skills competition event this year? Shooting shooting frozen hamburgers at alligators, which I'm sure will not piss off Peta at all. It'll right. Be great. Imagine having a Jack Eichel reaction cam when the alligators show up. 
Great for content. I think that would be great. So bring in, bring in Jack Eichel. Let's have some fun. Um, <laughs> speaking of teams that are having fun, Carolina Hurricanes, they're doing great. Indeed. And they're now adding, uh, uh, look, we always say that the best GMs are the ones that, uh, uh, that t- like throw you anvils instead of life preservers when, when another GM is, is sinking. Right. That's exactly what Carolina did to Vegas. Yeah. They were in a cap, uh, a cap just absolutely a conundrum, if you will. Right. A pickle. And, yes. and, uh, and so they ended up getting Max Pacioretty. He's 37, and he was coming off Achilles surgery, so it's mm. not like he's you know, in pristine condition. Yes. This is still a guy who's like money in the bank for like 25, 30 goals a year, maybe more, depending on, on who's, who's surrounding him. They got him for free, yep. and now finally after his Achilles surgery, I think, he's, I think he's ahead of schedule on that now, coming back. Well, he's played a couple of games. Yeah, so yeah. he's back. Yeah, he's back. Which is incredible. Yeah. They're adding Max Pacioretty to that roster. I yeah. mean... Like what? Like like? Does this make Carolina pop, like now like a legit favorite? Well, it's funny because coming into the season, they were one of my favorites mm-hmm. to win the Stanley Cup. Um, now, of course, we have to look at Boston as this unstoppable yeah. killing machine. Uh, but they wouldn't meet until later on, anyways. The thing that's interesting to me is, uh, you know, we became friends with Jay Fresh from yes. Twitter at the World Juniors. He was sitting next to me for most of the tournament. And uh, he had a very interesting chart on Twitter the other day about, you know, goals uh, expected in, uh, in terms of finishing. Carolina is dead last in the NHL in terms of, like, the goals they should have, that they're expected to have versus what they actually do. Now, you had Max Pacioretty, a guy who has made his career on goal scoring, all of a sudden that, that average should come up mm-hmm. significantly. I mean, that's what he's paid to do. And this is a team that's already first in their division. So it's like they have all the other elements, and they are still playing very well. Yes. They're pretty hot right now. And then you add a guy that knows how to finish. To me, it's like, this is like that, you know, like, trade, it's like the free trade deadline acquisition, you the, know? The, uh, uh, the internal rental? Or the, the internal one? rental, yeah. exactly. It's sort of like Washington getting the own rental, Backstrom and yeah. Tom Wilson back this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's like the wagon just gets faster now in Carolina because Pacioretty can fill that need for them, and obviously they were taking care of everything else on the ice because they're getting a bunch of wins. So I'm very fascinated to see, you know, once he gets up to full speed, and I know he's already scored for them, but what does this team look like? And to me, it's like the timing is fantastic. It's funny because you're talking about like all they, you know, they, they are lacking in finishing. Like they're a very skilled team, but they, they lack finishers. And Match Patch already could help them, you know. Yeah. He's played two games. Yeah. He's scored two goals. So like per game. Uh, he, has n- he has yet to not score. Perfect. So I think that's pretty. And it's not even like he's only taken a couple shots. Like he's, he's taken eight shots. Like he's, he's making a difference. So yeah. this is going to, like he's adding a lot. Like if you look at his goal totals, like, you know, like 33, 39, 37, 30, 35, 17 and 64 games he was injured. Um, but then like 22, 32, 24, like this 19 and 39 last year, like this is, this is a, a goal scorer through and through. Yeah. And you add a player, and I think that like Carolina has not had that. They have a lot of guys who are really good at setting up, really good at driving play, you mm-hmm. know, but like you said, they don't have finishers. They don't have these like, these sort of, uh, uh, you know, these mercenaries, these snipers that go around and can, and can just basically just bang one home when you really need it, you know? Yeah. He is that guy. He's a big player. He's, you know, he's, he's hungry for a cup, you know? And That's right. It's good this, is, this is a great, I think, I think this is a, such a fantastic landing spot for him. Like just, even just from a, a, a like a system perspective, no. like he's had, he has a great coach. 
he was, I, I have to imagine he was not happy about getting traded from Vegas. Like, because once again, that's another important player getting traded yeah. at the cornerstone. He can really find a home here. He's doing great. I can't wait to see what, what Carolina does uh, with, with Max Pacioretty in the fold. It'll be Indeed. great. All right. Silly season is upon us, Ryan. Yes. Um, it, is, uh, it is the major junior trade deadline. You yeah. know? And, and man, I just love this time of year. Like, it is the funniest like just to see the trades uh, that come through, and there's always the 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 joke of you know like I made one last night where it's a it's a clip from Beyond Scared Straight where a kid's sleeping and then like a bunch of guards rush into his 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 cell and rush him out and he's like scared and freaking I'm like some nine year old is gonna get getting pulled out of recess tomorrow to be told he's gotten traded for sure right right, right. Um, but that's legitimately happening here because like we've had some some blockbusters a lot of players who are. Who, who played great for other Canada or other, or other countries coming back and uh, who are now getting traded to contenders to really go on runs. It seems like more major junior teams are buying than ever this trade deadline. Like, people yeah. are really going for it. And it's interesting, too, because there's teams that are high in the standings, like Saginaw, for example, mm. that were like, we're out. So, like, Saginaw traded Pavel Minchikov, who's been one of the yeah. best players yeah. in the OHL this year uh, for a huge package to the Ottawa 67s. Shane Wright goes to Windsor, uh, and it's interesting because, you know, early on when Wright got reassigned to OHL Kingston, there was rumblings about different teams. Mm-hmm. It's like, could it be, you know... 67s were the one on, on top of your tongue. 67s yeah. were one of them. Um, you know, uh, Barry was another one, and, and mm-hmm. Brant Clark, who was his uh, teammate with uh, Don Mills at the U16 level. You know, Brant Clark got reassigned to Barry, so it's like, okay, that makes sense. And then I think... Peterborough was an option because Brennan Offman, another one of his friends mm-hmm. with Don Mills, uh, had been traded earlier this year to Peterborough. And so London like, okay. Knights were also in the mix there. London Knights were a name that were out there. But Windsor, they got it done. And an interesting team. You know, Windsor had traded earlier this year for Brett Harrison, the Boston Bruins pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Matthew Maggio, an Islanders pick. Uh, a bit older. You know, I, I think the thing with the Spitfires, they have a lot of veterans uh, at the top of their lineup, in, mm-hmm. in top of their scoring. So... Uh, you know, this is a team that, you know, they have the talent, but they also have the experience. Mm-hmm. So Wright goes in there. Uh, you know, Sarnia's been making big mm-hmm. moves pretty much all year. You know, they got Sasha Passage off, the Anaheim pick. Uh, they already had Ty Voigt, who's the leading scorer mm-hmm. in the league, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs pick. But then they went out and got Ethan Del Mastro yeah. and Luca Del Balbalouz from Mississauga. Uh, so, you know, Sarnia's in the mix. Just very interesting. And then, you know, talking about, you know, the WHL, Olin Zellweger, the Anaheim pick, uh, star on Team Canada, got traded for a boatload from I was going to read the Everett. entire package. Yeah, Do you give want us the rundown. Okay, this is... This, this is, is what Kamloops gave Legitimately up. hilarious. Yes. Like, this is... So, we have... Yeah, so Olin Zellweger, arguably the best defenseman in junior hockey. Like, he is... He was the best defenseman for Canada. Yeah. Uh, he was, like... We were talking about this a lot at the tournament. He was basically the reason why USA crumbled the way they did because USA just didn't have the size. They didn't have the ability to... to you know, to combat a guy like Zellweger who can move and is big enough. And well, no, he's not big. Del Mastro's big. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. yeah, but Zellweger was like, he was able to move. He was able to, like... Yeah, he was he's just, more of the Kale McCarthy Exactly. Style. Like, they, him and Del Mastro, they worked they were great. great together. Yeah. Um, so, Kamloops, who was hosting the tournament, hosting yes. the Memorial Cup, so they were really going for it. Yeah. Um, they acquired Olin Zellweger and Ryan Hoffer. Is Ryan Hoffer good? Like, I don't know anything uh, about He's Ryan. like a veteran player. He's fine. Okay, great. Yeah. Going to the Everett Silvertips, though. Forward Drew Englott. Forward, uh, or sorry, defenseman Caden Kay- Hamill, defenseman Rylan Pierce, and forward Jack Baker. And I believe all of those are either top 15 or top 20 OHL picks in the past. WHL? Yeah. Sorry, WHL picks in the past. Then the picks. 
2023 first round pick, 2023 second round pick, 2023 fourth round pick, 2024 first round pick, 2024 fifth round pick, 2025 first round pick, 2025 third round pick, 2026 first round pick, 2026 second round pick, conditional. Conditional. And then 2026 sixth round pick. I'm sure that last one really was the thing that sealed the deal, really yeah. got it done. Yeah. Um, what like this is this is my favorite thing about about Major Junior, like the cyclical yeah. nature. Teams just gut every single possible draft asset they can to load up more than they ever have, and then they're gonna be bad for a couple of years, and then they're gonna use all those assets to, to be good again, and the cycle repeats, it's yeah. great, man. And what? it's funny too, because there doesn't seem to be really any consequences, because everybody does the cycle yes. eventually, where it's like, yeah, we traded seven picks, but then two years from now, we're gonna gain eight picks. Yeah. Uh, so very interesting. I, I will say the one player that got traded that I'm fascinated by, is uh, Porter Martone, who went uh, from Sarnia to Mississauga mm -hmm. in one of those big trades. Uh, I thought he was fantastic at the World Under-17s. He's the type of player, and they also got Jack Van Volsen, who's a very good U-17 player. Um, those are two guys that I could see Mississauga uh, getting a net benefit for. As good as Del Belbelouz and Del Mastro are, you know, Martone and Van Volsen, uh, they might get drafted even higher into the NHL than the two guys they replaced. So that one's an interesting one to watch. And also, Brad Lambert, mm -hmm. you know, right straight to yes. Seattle. Yes. Zach Ostapchuk, uh, who is a good bottom sixer uh, for Canada. He goes to the Winnipeg Ice from Vancouver Giants. Chaz Lucius went back down. He didn't go. He, that he, was very interesting because yes. he's never been to Major Junior. He I was, was at the University of Minnesota. Yeah, I was expecting him to go back to the AHL because that's where he was to start the season. Yeah. But, you know, he's back. It's great. Um, yeah, this is I, – I, I think it's nuts, like – I think also, first of all, we have to keep in mind that these are kids and they're yep. getting their lives kind of uprooted yep. randomly. Like, you know, it's basically like, you know, the parent, your parents are moving away and you're, you're you know, like right before prom kind of, right. you know, in a sense, it's, it's a bummer. Um, but this is, this is tremendous content. And this, I would say this world, uh, sorry, this uh, Memorial Cup, appointment viewing now. Certainly. And I mean, the playoffs too, like the stakes are so high. Exactly. Because of all the moves. I mean, you, you, you got to remember, like with the exception of Kamloops, who are guaranteed a spot, mm -hmm. You only get one team exactly. per league that can get to that Memorial Cup. And there are clearly more than that that think they should be there. Now, the question on everyone's mind, though, Ryan. Yes. Should the Regina Pats have traded Connor Bedard? I don't think so. Uh, because just having him, like, you know he's going to the NHL next year. Mm -hmm. Bar none. Having him be a Pat for life, mm -hmm. I think, is significant. There's a very good chance he just drags them to the playoffs almost by himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, they got a couple of other guys there, but they're not a super strong team. Um, I just think that, you know, why would you want to help out another team like that? And I would also say from Bedard's perspective, draft, the draft year is long, mm -hmm. right? It might behoove him not to have a huge playoff run. Like, I yeah, mean, maybe, yeah. on, you know, like maybe him and Stanislav Slavozel and Tanner Howe, Maybe they win a round yeah. for Regina if they get in. But you've got the combine. You've got the draft itself. Uh, you got you're development rookie camp. camp. Yeah, yeah. you got rookie development camp. You're going to have main camp. It might be okay for him to have a few weeks off where it's like, just chill, be a teenager. Your life is about to change significantly. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. No, you're totally right. It's funny because I asked Rachel Dory this question on Staff and Draft yesterday. She had the complete opposite uh, opinion. <laughs> where because, uh, like, uh, and her thing is, I think that the Regina Pats really want, when, they, when he gets picked first overall, 
for whichever GM it is to say from the Regina Pats. Conrad, I think that's important. That'll be etched in history forever. It's true. Part of the brand. I don't know where I stand on this. You know. Hey, you, you don't have to stand it. You know what? You're right. I don't, yeah. That's a, it's a good lesson for everyone out there right. in, in online discourse. You don't have to have a crazy opinion. Exactly. And and I think I'm gonna sit this one out. So, um, with that, we transition into rapid fire. We don't have any mailbag today, no. so we're gonna transition to rapid fire. Ryan's got the floor today. I'm right. ready. I'm I, my body is ready. Let's go. Nice. Okay. So this will be kind of a Halifax centric one. Fantastic. Starting off, what was your favorite meal in Halifax? Oh, pizza corner. You know what? We didn't have a we didn't really have a ton of like gourmet stuff when we were out there, right? Like we, we had one sit down dinner. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it was either arena food or it was sort of like just finding what we could. But I ate more pizza. Like I'm never I'm not gonna have pizza for the next like three months. Right. Because the by the time slice. exactly by the time we were by the time we were done. Yeah. Um. Also that. I will say that Mexican place is very good. Yes. With the uh, Ryan and enchilada, or not an enchilada, uh, a chimichanga. Yeah. I had a burrito. It was very good. Yeah. Um, but like by the time we were done with with like you know with, with covering games, it'd be like eleven thirty midnight. Yeah. No, nothing else was really open except for what they call Pizza Corner, which is a corner where that has like four or five different pizza uh, places, and specifically one called like I'm not sure, I'm not sure if it's called the Big Slice, but it's known for having the Big Slice. Yeah. Which is. Gigantic pizza slices. It was. And goodness gracious, they were good. It certainly was. And I had I had a giant pizza slice at like midnight for four straight nights. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not gonna have pizza for like the next year because of that, but oh my goodness, it was great. And it's yeah. funny because the last night, after the after they won uh, uh, the gold medal, after Kim won the gold medal, mm. that place was packed to the brim because mm. everyone was like celebrating. So I went to a different pizza place that didn't have as much of a line. It was like eating cafeteria food compared yeah. to that place. So that yeah. was good. What about you? What was your favorite meal? I'm gonna go with uh, the Great Wall Restaurant, which is uh, the Chinese place that I got food from. Yeah. While I, between games on the final night, I had you know actually Jay Fresh had suggested yes, he it because he gone there with his parents a bunch of times. It was the perfect like what I would call Chinese Canadian food. Mm -hmm. You know, chicken balls, fried yeah, rice. Yeah. It was exactly what I needed. A lot of food. Yes. At a good price, it certainly delivered. So I was very appreciative. Of that, I was really jealous that I didn't, I didn't partake in that as well. Because yeah. I saw, I walked by, because they had me all the way at, at the other end. Like they didn't sit you and I together. Right. And I, I remember walking past you when you were eating this. I'm like, oh, that looks really good. Yeah, uh, yeah. it was solid. Okay, so next question, also food related. Hit me. Uh, while we were there, I went to Underground Snacks, which is a very fun store. Yes. Fun store. Uh, I bought some Dr Pepper cotton candy. You sure did. We both tried it. Mm -hmm. Out of ten, how would you rate? I know Connor looks horrified. Uh, out of 10, how would you rate the Dr. Pepper cotton candy? Okay, I will say, before I, I give an actual rating, I will say, like, it tasted good. Uh -huh. It didn't taste like Dr. Pepper. It tastes like Cherry Coke. Exactly. We came yeah. to that like, it tasted like uh, Cherry Coke, and I feel like if they labeled it Cherry Coke yes. cotton candy, I would be like, oh, that's like a 7, 8, like, it, it delivered yeah. on what it needed to be. Yeah. Like, cotton candy, you're not, like, cotton candy is cotton candy. You know what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, the flavor-wise, like, it, but... I was expecting a Dr. Pepper, you know, and yes, there's cherry in the Dr. Pepper flavor. There's like 23 flavors in there, yeah. so like, but it whatever. is different. This was it was definitely different, and it was definitely cherry forward, which I am not gonna argue with. I love cherry, like oh, it's great, yeah. but it just wasn't as advertised, so I'm gonna have to give it like five and a half. Fair, fair. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say six because it mm -hmm. it certainly was flavorful. Yes, but it wasn't Dr. Pepper. Yeah, you said that very like presidential, like Obama. You're like flavorful. Was flavorful? Sorry. It's good. Yep, it's good. But I also enjoyed that 
a product that had more numbers in its ingredients than oh it necessarily goodness. did letters <laughs> was made by a company called Taste of Nature. Yep. Yeah, I enjoy that a lot. Irony is always fun. Yeah, okay. Uh, last Halifax-related question. Okay. What is your stance on live music at restaurants and bars? Oh, I know Ryan's stance on this. Yes. He was very vocal and very... Yes. <laughs> Listen. I th- okay, it depends on, on uh, uh, the context. Yes. I think that... You walk into a place. That's wa- the context. Okay, so you walk into a place. Was I expecting there to be music there? No. Okay. Then I'm not necessarily a huge fan of it. Mm. And a big reason why is... So there, I, I used to live in Kensington Market uh-huh. uh, when I was going to U of T. And you know, whenever I had a free night, um, I, would, I would go to... There was this great uh, uh, you know, sort of like sports bar called Toby's. It's right around the corner, right on College Street. And I would always go there... Uh, and, and just sort of like nurse a drink, watch a game, you know, like whatever. And it see, and I would watch Monday Night Football there all the time, you know, because better than just watching it alone, and you know, it, and all that. And so, um, and what was what what really annoyed me about Toby's, and what almost like dissuaded me to not go there again, is because it would be like by the time the fourth quarter rolled around in Monday Night Football, like ten, ten thirty, um, they would start karaoke right behind me. So it, I'd be trying to focus on, you know, you know, an Aaron Rodgers game-winning drive or something. You know, my fantasy team's hanging in the balance and some dude's trying to belt out, like, you know, Adele behind me. Right. Just terribly. And I hated that. I think that you have to be very explicit with your advertising for yes. live music. I think if you have live music, and this is not like, you know, you go to a fancy restaurant, there's a piano player in the background sort of adding right, ambiance. Right. Like, live music is like, it takes over. Like, yes. it, it is, like, that is the, the attraction. And it's a big reason why like, we went out one night, um, very briefly, and, uh, like, I was going to go meet up with uh, Scott Wheeler of The Athletic and Josh Cleberton of AP. Yeah. Um, or CP. CP. CP, yes. And, but they were at the Lower Deck, which uh, is basically like a concert hall. Right. I'm like, you know what? I'm not in the mood to have, uh, to be in, like, a mosh pit right now. Yeah. I just don't want it. So I'm more on your stance of, like, I, 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 like I'm not going to openly boo them. Right. I'm not, and I, I you know, like, I think it's great when, when uh, uh, artists are trying to further themselves and play to an audience and all that, it's great. Yeah. But unless, like, unless before I walk in there it says like live music tonight or whatever and I can prepare myself for it, right? not a huge fan. Yes, I'm too polite to openly boo somebody, but unless I explicitly pay mm-hmm. to see live music, yeah. I don't want to hear any of it. Uh, yeah, you were, that is my stance. I am very uh, adamant about that. And you were, pretty, you were pretty close to booing. I was pretty close, especially when the guys started playing Margaritaville. Yeah. Nobody needs that. Um, final question. Okay. Going back to the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. I've had this question before, but I want to make it more Floridian. Okay. You can come up with a skill competition for this year's All-Star game. You mentioned the Alligators. What do you want to see players do at the All-Star game? A new skills competition. Okay. So, Florida is known for many things, you know. Like, it's known for its fresh oranges. True. It's, it's sunlight, you know. It's, it's beaches. Mm. It's also known for Florida man headlines. It is. I think, and within, I think within a certain realm of the law, uh-huh. I think you, you go out and you say, players, generate the craziest Florida man headline you can. Interesting. Whether that means, whether that means a player like, you know, rides a tractor, <coughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, down, down a main street. Or, and I think, like I said, within the parameters of the law. Gotcha. You cannot hurt anyone. You cannot right. break the law. You cannot do anything untoward. Well. But I think you go out, you take like five players, five of your funniest players, you can go out and, and, and generate the craziest Florida man headline you can. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Okay, mine, I want players out on, uh, like, paddle boards. Yeah. Shooting pucks at targets 
with the obvious uh, hope that at least one of them falls off the paddleboard. They're I all going to fall off. The, it's a paddleboard. Yeah. You're not like I'm surprised they'll be able to get a shot off on the paddleboard. Well, that's the that's the skill involved. If you can get off a good shot and hit a target while you're standing on a paddleboard in shallow water, that'd be very impressive to me. So I mean, sure. I think I like mine better. Yours is pretty fantastic. I uh, because because I'm thinking like Florida, like there's like it's known for many things, and the number one thing is like like Florida the man. the Florida man headlines. There I think you go. like I said within the parameters of law. You Which kind of goes con contrary to Florida Man? No, no, no but it, like, because it's based on Freedom of Information Act. Yes, no, but it's also like like but you, I know, get you can see Florida Man where like you're just doing crazy stuff like Florida, sure. you know, like local Florida Man uh, has like 15 iguanas living right. in his house or something like yeah. like just do something wild. Like I said, like drive a tractor down like a main street or right. or uh, uh, you know like uh, like yeah. uh, that's this is the thing they don't have to come up with it and like. Yeah. Within the parameters of the law, but I think that would be very funny. Boom. All right. Well, very nice. That is the end of Rapid Fire. Fantastic. Which means it's the end of the show. So we will be back next week uh, with a more, I guess, NHL-centric uh, show because this was, was mainly uh, juniors because the World Juniors just happened. And, you know, we had a lot of fun doing it. So, yeah, see you next week and uh, enjoy yourself.